Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. I'm Annie Gibson. I'm Helen Thorne. And we are joined today by a very special guest, Stuart Goldsmith. Thank you. It's very lovely to be here. Oh, well, you say that now. We've only just started. Let's let's ask you again in half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) No, as you know, and as the listeners won't be aware, I've been in your house for 20 minutes and it is lovely to be here. Oh, it is for the, so full of for it. the benefit of the listener. The the uh, soundproofing is a blue and yellow monkey blanket. Yeah, that's it's right. beautiful. I like these little monkeys. They're like some little French animation. It's not high tech, but it's on brand. Yeah. <laughs> it is on brand. Yeah, and it has been washed specially for your uh, appearance here. Oh, so thanks, man. Really flattered. Oh. Yeah, very much so. Um, so, Stuart, you're an award-winning comedian. You're an actor. You're a podcast mogul and a godfather. Yes, not in and, a and mafiosi an sense. Uh, uh, yeah, true. A godfather and an uncle as well. I've got uh, uh, two godchildren: Tom, who is nine, and Beth, who is six. And uh, I also have uh, two nephews, Sam, who is nine, and Ben, who is six. This is a first for the Scummy Mummies, dear listeners, because Stuart is the first non-parent... Oh, no way! Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. ...that we have yeah. ever yeah. had on the podcast. Oh, so, thanks, man. So, yeah, you're very special to us. So, uh, so he, he, uh, uh, now, are you still feeling confident that you would like to be a parent... Let's yeah, totally. Uh, totally. The thing is, as as a as a, I think probably as a godparent more than as an uncle, because obviously your 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 the parents of your godchildren are your best friends or yeah. some of your best friends. So you spend more time with them. So I do occasionally feel guilty that I spend I see slightly more of my godchildren than I do of my nephews. Yeah, but um, like I've I've wiped my godchildren's bums in a way that I haven't with my nephews. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I'm so bad. but yeah. The, the reason I mentioned that is because I I feel in a way that will annoy actual parents. I do feel like a little bit qualified. Like I'm, you know what I mean? Oh, I can, yeah, I can you've can got kind your of, hands dirty. I've you've got been my, in... I've quite literally got my hands dirty. You have been yeah. in the trenches. I've so been in the trenches a very little bit. Good. Yes, I've always been able to hand them back out of the trench, but yeah. uh, I and have spent a bit of time. In Yes. And later on in the show, very exciting, we've got a special job for you, haven't we, Helen? We do, because during our Scummy Mummies live show, uh, we have a Scummy Mummies confession competition. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we get a non-parent to be the judge of this competition. Okay, great. Because no one judges parents like, like people, people without kids. kids. <laughs> so People without kids feel much the same way about being judged by parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, this is giving a voice to those non-parents today. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Stuart, for being in the hot seat. Mm. So we've got that to look forward to. But 
but let's start off with a bit of a chat about your own podcast because you do a, a podcast that is let's say slightly more successful than ours. Shall we? Well, I always feel that the, the because my podcast is about comedy and it's sort of about comedy from the perspective of comedians. Mm. It's quite unusual because it's not just an interview show. It's called The Comedian's Comedian and it is available from comediancomedian.com. But um, it's... Straight in there, love it. Oh, oh yeah. He's oh, on, yeah. on, on the road. <laughs> but it, it's... And what it is, it's kind of like inside the actor's studio, but for comedians. So... And I, not I, weird and awkward. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I've been saying that for ages. And then, and then I, I actually was on a plane recently and I watched an episode of Inside the Actor's Studio and I went... Oh, God, James Lipton's really eggy. This is, like, I've been telling everyone my show is like this, and it's not like that at all. I just, I've only, I'd like, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and I just sort of thought, oh, it's, it's kind of like that thing. But he's really awkward, and he goes like, so, what was it like winning an Oscar? And, and it's like, I, I've, you know, it's very much not like that. So what it is like is it's like me finding a fellow comedian. I've been a comic for... 10 years and a, a street performer for 10 before that. So I've been making people laugh for a living for my whole life. And um, I uh, find kind of some of the brightest lights of the circuit and some unsung heroes of the, the, the comedy circuit, the people who are driving up and down motorways doing commercial gigs, um, and also some new exciting people who you won't have heard of at all. And I talk to them about, like the hook of the show is, it's, it's kind of where do you get your ideas from, but it's a lot more kind of in-depth and... Um, it's not just where do you get your ideas from, but it's, it's like charting the journey of an idea to your notebook, to how you unpack the funny, how you pull stuff out of it, and mm. how you then get it into a stage where you can take it on stage, and all the other myriad things associated with that, like your, mm. where your persona comes from, and how much of your real self is in your persona, and whether you have a methodology, and... Uh, whether you know what the word methodology means, because I don't. <laughs> Can I just do a little metaphor? You feel free. Oh, I uh, love it. I love, love it. it. I love <clears throat> it. Go on, I love it. Uh, I feel metaphors. like your your podcast is the cake, because as comedians, we always show the icing. That's that's our selling thing. But I feel like you're you've got the bulk of it. You know, you've got you know what really makes it, and then but you're that's yeah. yeah that's right actually I, I'm going to continue that metaphor because. Everyone has got... No one thinks they've got a recipe for comedy. They think they just do it. Yeah. But actually, the way in which... Some the way in which an individual just sort of does it yeah. is a brilliant. Is their own recipe that's like handed down from maybe their mum's recipe mm. or their inspirations recipe, and they've yeah. changed it and tweaked it and added a bit of that and added a bit of that. Yeah, and um, and a lot of the time they're running around like headless chickens, going, "Oh God, I don't have a recipe," mm. whilst being brilliant at making cakes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Who have been your favourite guests that you've had on your podcast? Oh, I don't know. They're all my babies. I only have people on the show if I think they're brilliant. Mm. And I really want to learn from them because the show is really... Although other although other people download it and listen to it, it's basically for me. Mm. It's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to sort of... Oh, I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm just trying to pursue my own kind of in, intellectual line of inquiry about someone. So I had Ross Noble on the show the other week and he was brilliant and... Oh. He really likes the show, so we had this brilliant interview, which is I've released the first half of yesterday, um, whereby he is he's just so enthusiastic about all the things I'm enthusiastic about. And we're going, and what about this? Yeah, I know. And you know when you do that? Yeah, yeah, what about this? So that's really exciting. And he's doing little in-jokes and, and what have you for the, for the listenership. So so that that's really good. And um, also just, I suppose I really like the ones where... I really like the ones where you really can get your teeth into it. Like a brilliant one with Sarah Pascoe. Mm. She is such a smart cookie. Sarah mm. Pascoe is so intelligent, frighteningly intelligent. 
And um, I'm not frightened of her intelligence because she's a woman. <laughs> no, it's her ovaries that really put the wind up you. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, she's for, like she is just an incredibly intelligent person who I feel like that stimulates me, and I feel like I've got to raise my game to try and engage with that intellect mm-hmm. in an interesting way. But so her attitude to comedy is incredible. She's using comedy as a stepping stone to politics. Wow. Her plan is she wants to be in politics. Oh, I love her even more. See, we use comedy as a stepping stone to the pub. Yeah. Yes. More than one route is available. My husbands think we record five episodes a week. Yeah. Yeah. We're really just in the pub most of the time. I'm so so pleased that at least one of you is drinking alcohol as we record this podcast. (laughs) At 1.30pm. Yeah, it is a Friday. Yeah. It's five o'clock somewhere. Going back to the enthusiasm thing you were talking about, you and I shared an enthusiastic moment uh, just oh before my we started God. recording. So Stuart came in my kitchen and I showed him uh, my cupboards that I've recently been reorganising with the help of my label maker. Helen's already shaking you, her you head. Can't, you can't see me rolling my eyes, but I am, yeah. listeners. Man, I, the, the label maker was fine. I, I, I have no problem at all with you putting labels on Tupperware. That seems to me to be sensible, <laughs> even if the Tupperware is see-through. So you can see the contents of the Tupperware. But if you're in a hurry, then why not rely on a label? What I was particularly impressed with though when you showed me the labelled Tupperware was in the shelf below them you had pasta with the tops of the you know half open bags of pasta twisted with rubber bands around them that's and right I do that that's and how I, we do I it I do that in my camper van but more importantly I do it in my actual home oh very nice <laughs> there you are you see I'm not mental Stuart either, either you know no 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 we're mental this is uh, usual <laughs> behaviour yeah and I just, I, I want to, I just on that subject, as I mentioned my granny, I'd like your listeners to know this because I think more this people should tip. be this doing is this. Yeah. This is what made this. me think of it because I think it's where I get my kind of fastidious practical, you know, like I, yeah. I, I like uh, those, you know, those life hacks. Oh, I love those. I bloody love them. I lo- I've done that one where you put a rubber band around your tin of paint so you've got something to wipe it off on. Oh, middle. yes. Mwah. Genius. Oh. <laughs> my granny is the queen of life hacks because she, when she was, um, not good, but she's in a nursing home now, but when she was more sort of uh, uh, less demented, um, she, uh, she, well, she, yeah, when she, check this out, when she was less demented, she would cut up the fingers of her marigolds, her used rubber gloves, uh, to make a load of rubber bands, which she'd then use to put hats on jam. That see that's as you know you can never have too many jam hats. That's you cannot. So multifunctional. Thank you, thank you, Nana Goldsmith. Yes, <laughs> genius. Absolutely. Excuse me, I'm just going to cough again. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's fine. Do you want some more? Do you want some more? <coughs> no, I'm, I'm totally fine. I'm just aware. Oh. I was lying in bed last night. Listen, this is what my breath sounds like at the moment. <laughs> Darling, is that horrible? Do you need a puffer? I think I might have bronchitis. Oh, I wanted yeah. to have bronchiolitis because that's what babies get, and I think oh. it sounds cuter. But apparently, oh, what bled. a surprise! A man worried about his health. <laughs> <laughs> so you've you've interviewed lots of comedians on your podcast. Um, have you noticed a difference in the mentality of comedians? who are also parents? Like, do you think that is a contributing factor? to That maybe- is a really, really good question. And let me just think, which of the comedians that I've interviewed are parents? So, I know Ben Norris is, and I know uh, Stephen Grant is, and I know Rob Deering is, and they have seemed more tired. <laughs> um, I, I think what I've been led... What I've been led to expect by comedians I've talked to both on the show and generally mm. in life... What everyone says, oh, Cochran as well, a good friend of mine, Alan Cochran, who was sort of my comedy mentor. We were friends before I started doing comedy. Mm. Um, he's, he and everyone agree, and Rob Rouse, he has loads of them. Everybody has said that it focuses, having kids focuses your creativity and focuses all your professionalism because mm. 
it's a fun extreme sport which is like a pleasurable thing to do and then when you have kids all the anecdotal evidence I've heard suggests that um, you have kids and suddenly you go oh sh- I've got to actually make this work I've got yeah. to make it worthwhile why am I going to drive to Bromsgrove to do a gig because actually that's not just driving and doing a gig now that's X hours away from my child away from my family mm. and suddenly you want to go right I've got to I've got to stop about now and I've got to actually um I've got to do more work and make more money more efficiently. And I, I find that's in a weird way. I'm kind of, I'm in a time in my life where I'm thinking, yeah, I think we're going to start, me and my girlfriend are going to start trying for kids next year. That's kind of the plan. Mm-hmm. So we're going on a big, exciting holiday of a life. <laughs> January. <laughs> and then we're going to come. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> kind of the plan. I don't go on. I just book a week in the Ibis day in Greenwich. Just <laughs> go nuts. <laughs> Um, it's nice to do it with a view uh, <laughs> or the sun. Already, of course you like the picnic sex don't you not the monster truck sex yeah that's ah, right yeah, yeah. yeah it's picnic sex or monster trucks this is these codes that yeah yeah these are a code she, do you want to explain yeah because we were talking about sex um, on the podcast and, and I said, change <laughs> and I was saying I don't, I don't like the angry angry sex that's sort of like like monster trucks you, you know, do like, or you don't I don't no don't, I'm, not, I'm not into that kind of like <laughs> <laughs> with the hound of the Baskervilles what is that I don't like a, a, an aggressive ground people are making faces like they're driving a monster truck yeah yeah like, a, like a, yeah, I, I like like a nice picnic where it would just be like <laughs> have a lovely sandwich and pass the jam roly poly let's see your picnic <laughs> space I can't do it now <laughs> Oh, there's there's an ant on that cake. Flick it yeah. off. <laughs> oh, oh no, there's hummus everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I was about to say, what do you prefer, Stuart? But perhaps it's a little too intimate. It's I a little think, too early yeah, in the day. Yeah. Well, I think if we're talking in in, in metaphors <laughs> between monster truck to picnic sex, and my girlfriend likes. Uh... <laughs> I, I can't. You're right. I can't say this because because someone else is involved and it feels unfair. <laughs> in all honesty the, the picnic thing is because she has a thing she quite likes uh, being outdoors you see oh. so that's what I was thinking in terms of picnic I don't mean to yeah. suggest it's all sort of you know past the bus life um, <laughs> I'm a bit more like that to be honest <laughs> but, um, I think she, that should be a standard question on the podcast yeah, yeah. now yeah picnic or monster truck <laughs> yeah that's good, that's good. Um, I, I yeah I think it's, it's a healthy balance isn't it sometimes you want to drive a monster truck through your picnic sometimes <laughs> sometimes you want to have uh, you know, a, a, pillic, a pickled onion uh, in the in the back of your monster truck. That's like, what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Absolutely. Sometimes you want to think you're having a picnic, and all of a sudden you, yeah. you know, the camera zooms out. You're like, oh my god, we're on the back of Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it going on. The subject. Yeah. Oh, we need to. Oh, we need... good. We should probably, let's get back to talking about whatever the podcast is supposed to be about, <laughs> much as I don't want to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we were talking about comedians who are also parents, I suppose, <laughs> won't we? Should we just crack that nut and move on? Yeah, maybe. Or, or should we, do you want to talk about, I think, and I think we've, we've cracked the we've nut. We've cracked the nut. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, 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 we've done 25. For the benefit of the listener, so. cracking the nut apparently means realising that the next question you were going to ask, ask has been answered during the previous question. <laughs> Oh, behind the curtain. <laughs> this is the <laughs> they want to know. Guys, it's not Radio 4 Extra. <laughs> right, come on, Helen. What okay. have we done? Say the catchphrase. Okay. What have we done? Crack that nut, Illy. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Some nuts have been cracked. That's so. Jesus Christ. Oh. All right. Oof. Yeah. Okay. So rock god Alice Cooper described you as really funny. How did that come about? I was doing the warm up for a TV show upon oh. which he was a guest. And afterwards I went up to him and I'm not in the habit of going up to the guests because you don't want to go, oh. Oh, I am the warm up. You probably didn't even notice. And anyway, you're really famous and it's not like we're meeting on equal terms. You know she would do that. She would yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah. Well, well, sometimes. Sometimes. And yeah. I, you know, I, I just think I it's kind of... I, I don't like to approach people because I want to... If I meet one of my heroes, I want to meet them in a context whereby you're they go, a... oh, you're that, you're that guy that did that thing. So anyway, he was, he was backstage afterwards. I walked past and I just said, hey, Alice, I never do this, but I just wanted to meet you. And he said, oh, yeah, you're the warm-up guy. You were really funny. I'm, hey. like, I'm having that. Yeah. And also, do you know my other... My favourite one, and probably on, on a par with, if not more so... Uh, is Teller from Penn and Teller. Oh, I did warm I love up them. on a TV show that they were doing, and it was a long, hard record. It was a pilot for their show that became Penn and Teller's Fool Us. And so I'd been doing a good while, and then as I was walking on, he went for a wee, um, and uh, he walked past me and he whispered. And Teller, of course, is the one that doesn't speak, mm-hmm. and he whispered in my ear, "You're wonderful." <gasps> and I was like, "Oh my god, the one that doesn't speak!" Like I, um, I was into Penn and Teller when I was like twelve years old, so yeah, that was amazing. a huge like. That's, I mean, you know, you talk about awards and stuff like this. No one really cares about awards it's awfully oh, nice I to certainly be... don't I don't <laughs> no 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 but I mean yeah, like you no. know with, with kind of like comedy awards it's meaningless isn't it a... yeah because yeah. we have a thing where sometimes we'll finish a, a sketch or something for the show and Helen will go that is potentially award winning comedy <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay Helen all comedy <laughs> is potentially award winning like potentially anything could win an award it's just my way of saying I think you're doing well Ellie yeah <laughs> <laughs> So as well as uh, the podcast and the comedy and all that, you are an actor, Stuart, and you have been on CBBC, haven't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. As, as one lady on Mumsnet said, you know that thread on Mumsnet that's like, is, am I being unreasonable? The thing was, am I being unreasonable? To want to lick the back of the neck of that guy that plays Caleb in Mission 21. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Little you're bit a, of mummy you're a mum's porn. Net. Wow, oh, mummy, I'm a mummy magnet. Sex symbol. Oh my god! Wow, we need to we need to get mum's net on board. So listen here. You totally do. You should yeah. do like a calendar with like you and like Mr. Bloom and Andy <laughs> having a wild adventure. <laughs> Hello, this about. is the contemporary stuff. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. flattering. So it was very nice, but the job was incredible. It's called Mission Twenty One Ten, and it was my dream job on almost every level. Like other than playing Doctor Who. It was my dream job. I played the... It was like a cross between Terminator and Crystal Maze for kids. And it was just magic. And I loved it. Oh, wow. And then it got cancelled immediately. (laughs) They shot two seasons and then I think the uh, the controller of CBBC changed over. And I believe it's a... It's kind of a, a protocol thing. If you take over, mm. you cancel any balls that are in the air because if they become successful, then they're not your yeah, not your balls, <laughs> not your balls. Someone else's balls. No, we yes. want someone else's balls. No. Yeah, yeah, so there we are. So behind the curtain of kids' TV. Yeah, I'm sort. Of, I to be honest, with you, I was sort of hoping you would say because I imagine like behind the scenes at CBBS is actually sort of like Fleetwood Mac during the Rumours album. <laughs> <laughs> just trays of cocaine. Everyone's <laughs> just like you know before I they go have... on. Never worked in an environment which was so well ordered, well maintained, ruled. Yeah, I mean it really Have they was got a label maker? because yeah, yeah, almost <laughs> certainly. Because of course the thing with the BBC is um, all media that isn't the BBC would profit from the BBC collapsing. So it's in the interests of Rupert, Mur- Rupert Murdoch and everyone else to constantly, like, to literally have a desk of people whose job it is to slur the BBC and BBC presenters. 
if you're a, this is all made clear to me, if you're a CBBC presenter, you are the most at risk category because mm. if you're caught doing drugs, say, that's a news story in a way that it isn't if you're just a BBC presenter. If you work with children, it's a huge deal. I was, yeah. Are you sure that not even like between scenes like absolutely daisy like Stevie Nicks goes to the sides and lifts up her skirt and someone blows cocaine up her <laughs> <laughs> No. Do you know no. that story about no, Stevie No, I've Nicks? never heard that, but Apparently I feel like I've learned the concerts, story. concerts between songs, she would go to the wings, she would lift up her skirts, bend over, and someone would blow cocaine up her bum hole. Wow. Oh, good. Uh, dear. So, But your, your work with children hasn't ended just in the telly, has it? No, no, no. No, so you've done stand-up gigs for kids. Absolutely. There's an organisation called the Comedy Club for Kids, mm-hmm. which I think you can Google if it's like numeral four, Comedy Club for kids. Yeah. And they do absolutely fantastic shows. And they have gigs all over the country. And it's like this whole other circuit that happens during the day. And you work to audiences. The audiences are normally kids of six plus is what they specify. Mm. Um, although often people bring along a younger brother or sister or have you, and they sit with their parents. It's not like all the kids down the front on mats. That's a disaster. It's just oh, families. really? Do they just go feral? Do they just? Yeah, yeah. Well, they can. That's the risk. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and there is a wide range of things that comedians do. I. Do you do I, a lot of stuff about Gaza at these gigs? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> not Jimmy Savile jokes. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> what? Funnily enough, what the stuff that I think works best is when you. I started off thinking, okay, this is, this is interesting, I've never talked about this. Um, when you patronise them, they smell it and they hate you. Yeah. So what you're supposed to do is your material, your existing comedy set, just with just having cut out all of the swearing, all of the adult references. Oof. I've done a joke about a drive-by shooting at a Comedy for Kids gig, <laughs> and they got it, they loved it. Oh, wow. Um, I, since doing that for the first four or five years of doing it I was just doing my existing stuff because I do tend to have stuff about my godchildren and my nephews so I would do the more kid focused stuff yeah in the last two years I've started writing observational comedy from the point of view of children and that has been great fun because that isn't what you have to do but that's what I do and now I'm sort of at a stage with the comedy for kids stuff whereby I see Whenever I see someone, a comic do Comedy Club for Kids, and get a bunch of kids on stage to do a dance-off, I kind of go, come on. Like, yeah. you can do that, and you'll definitely get away with it. And I do, but I do think there are ways of doing it sort of cheaply, and there are ways of really honouring it and treating the kids like humans. You know, treating yeah. them like intelligent people who can appreciate jokes. And so observation, I, like you said, what about these Skylanders, eh? What's, what's the deal with Mr. Tumble? Totally. Like yeah, yeah. yeah well, you, you absolutely could do that. I, I don't ever work with cultural references and TV programmes, but um, I, so I, some of my most successful stuff is I've got stuff about what it's like eating an ice cream, and I've got stuff about what it's like when you were a baby and your mum would say, here comes the aeroplane, and for some reason you'd go, okay, then I'll open my mouth. Whereas actually that's ridiculous because she's trying to land an aeroplane in your face. And you know what I mean? and <laughs> yeah. So you, you, try, you just approach it like a stand-up, but from the point of view of kids. And I really enjoy them. Aww. Every time I do them, I just come off buzzing and energised and feeling like, if only I could do this full time. There are difficulties with that because you don't want to get pigeonholed as a kids' entertainer, mm. and also your audience is constantly going to turn over every you couple say of that. years. Look at Tumble. Tumble is like yeah, he's Tumble's probably making legend. more money than Michael McIntyre. Yeah. Tumble he's... is a legend, and he's a one-off, isn't he? I mean, you know, someone like Tumble is. <laughs> I mean, he's incredible. But I, we we can't we can't all be Tumble. So, well, I look yeah. forward to it in twenty years' time. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And tumble is on I'm a Celebrity and I get to eat him watch him eating a kangaroo <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's just a matter of time cannot wait for that moment well funnily enough the other one is the Chuckle Brothers yeah much maligned the Chuckle Brothers mm. they are making a fortune they mm. sell out end of the pier shows mm. every year all over the place and they, just they are laughing all the way to the bank they, they absolutely are. really yeah. are <laughs> Chuckle Brothers but, but they're laughing all the way to the bank like near it and then back again and then near it again and yeah. then back a bit and then on <laughs> We've been advised, <laughs> we've been advised to, to research to them, haven't we? Oh, though? yeah, yeah, because um, uh, comedy's going so well that um, I'm on the dole. And, um, <laughs> and um, I was at the dole office the other day, and my dole advisor said, have you seen the Chuckle Brothers? For your work for this two weeks, uh, I want you to research the Chuckle Brothers. In right. all seriousness. Mm-hmm. That was his professional advice. Um, so going back to your own experiences with uh, kids, what are the best heckles you've had from children? Or do they not really do it, kids? Well, really? the best one ever. The best one ever is only the best one because my response to it was incredible. <laughs> and I can never use it again. My godson, Tom, for his eighth birthday, came to see me do comedy for kids at the tobacco factory in Bristol. And... Uh, he was like him and his birthday party were like you know that kind of I don't know if you do the sort of gigs where they're stag and hen parties but they are so entitled because they think the whole night's got to all be about them it was exactly like that it was like an eight year old stag party (laughs) (laughs) and Tom already a very confident outgoing child I have ruined him to that that extent (laughs) Um, he was heckling the other acts and banging on about the fact that his uncle's Stu was going to be on the show and he does jokes and all the rest of it. It was just, yeah. you know, the other acts were just trying to deal with him and he's just so lippy and confident. Mm-hmm. So I walked on, he piped up, and I think almost the first thing I said on stage was, Tom, sit back down and keep your mouth closed or I'm going to tell everyone here about the time I wiped your bum. <laughs> and he sat down and he shut his trap. And it was, I remember thinking, I wish I could use that at regular gigs. I mean, it was great. We should try that on that drunk Scotsman we had that time in Brighton. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it would have been good. Um, as well as doing comedy for kids, you used to do the warm-ups for loose women. Oh, God. Now, was that a, a tr- tougher or an easier audience than a room full of wow. small children? Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. It's just, 
Like, I'm not proud of being the loose women warm-up guy. <laughs> you know, I, what do you I, mean? I was great at it. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't make me happy that I was able to adapt to that environment. I was, I was pretty good at it. And bless Linda Bellingham, God rest her soul. Um, she was one of the nicest. Linda Bellingham and Leslie Garrett were absolutely lovely. Was everyone else an asshole? No, no. Everyone else was lovely as well. But, <laughs> but Leslie and Linda were fierce and dirty and funny. And, and, and Andrea McLean, actually. Andrea I had a real soft spot for as well. But they had done... Leslie and, and Linda in particular had done their research and could speak intelligently about topics. Now, that isn't mm. what Loose Women wants as a show. Mm. She, they were all lovely. They were lovely and they were very sweet to me and very, yeah. very nice to me. But they would have the most ill-informed... Mm. nonsensical arguments about nothing and then you know I'm, I'm god Jane MacDonald on immigration I didn't want to <laughs> like she said something about she a charming man of at one point she said when are we going to talk about the white elephant in the room which is a great <gasps> sentence oh, she oh, said oh. this country's full and there's a hundred old ladies in the audience a hundred older <sighs> ladies and they all cheered and then we went to an ad break and I had to go on and entertain them. And I'm not allowed oh. to have a political standpoint on an ITV show warm-up. No. So I just had to go on and go, I don't want to make you laugh. You know, mm. it, was, it was horrible. Oh. But then Leslie Garrett would get stuck in and go, well, actually, Jane, the figures show that. And she'd quote stuff and, you know, all the yeah. rest of it. And I'd go, good for you, Leslie. <laughs> but I should say, whatever her political affiliations, Jane was lovely. And Voice her, of and- an angel, politics of a fascist. It's <laughs> <laughs> a shame. Now, it's time for the next section of the podcast. We've got a theme tune. Stuart, would you would you do the theme tune for us? Would you just do us the honours? Does <laughs> that happen, Aguila? <laughs> I don't know what it is. It started off being the Godfather theme tune. It's quite hard to sing, actually, isn't it? Surprising. That- yes, we are talking about uh, Godfathering and mm. mothering and uncling and all of that. <laughs> All that sort of thing again, not in the in the mafiosi uh, sense. Now, you, as you said earlier in the podcast, you you've got godchildren, you've got quite a lot of experience of mm. um, you know taking care of children and then delivering them back, which must be nice. <laughs> oh my god, so sweet! Hard <laughs> time. Uh, what do you think makes a good godparent? Time, spending time with them, is the main thing. I think um, I I I felt so honoured when they asked me to be the godfather of their then fetus. Um, I felt so honoured, honestly, because I've always wanted to be a dad. I've really got a whole thing about wanting kids. And I was like, my best friends are saying, we, I felt like when they said, we want you to be Godfather, I heard it like, we are going to give you our child. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is that part of the deal? If they if they go, do you get the kids? Is it? Like I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to have material about wanting to kill them both, so I could look up <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I just try to make an effort really because they've got other godparents as well and I'm definitely winning. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they'll listen to this and if they do I'm sorry <laughs> Tiff and Rachel. I sort of feel like I got in there for the first 9 years with Tom like I really was there all the time and so like for me there was there was one moment when he was about 6 where he injured himself and came to me and I was like, yes, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number one, number one. Totally. And I'm just trying to, like my girlfriend has said to me, you will never love your own child as much. And I, I, I know that will be an issue. Are you happy with the title godparent? So I'm sort of godmother um, to uh, Megan Rosie, who uh, we've had Jessie, our regular guest on the podcast, they're her children. Um, but her partner, David, doesn't really like the term godparent because he's not mm. religious. Mm-hmm. So I don't really sort of have an official name guardian sounds a bit legal mm. and I, one I heard the other day was 
guide parents. Yeah, sure that's that. a is bit that, mimsy. Is it mimsy? That's it a, bit like, a bit like Safety Sam, isn't it? I'm going to teach you not to put the knife in the toaster. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than being a, a you know, a spiritual yeah. guide. Or it says, like, I'm like a brownie owl, a brown owl. That's or right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm an odd father. An odd father? Yeah, I so like me that. and Swiss and Mingus, who are the other, uh, who are, the, like, basically Tom has got me and Rachel and Tiff, and then Beth has got Swiss and Mingus. They're real names of Tony and Craig. And a, another lady, I would guess. So it's like two and one. Um, it's just that I now regard Beth as my goddaughter as well because I, you know, because I'm having that one as well. She's my team. Um, and we're known as the Odd Fathers, so that kind of sort of suits it. I just yeah. think I do get it because I do. I'm not religious at all, and Tom's mum is and his dad isn't. Mm. But I don't have a problem with it because there's so much kind of religious language, religious. Um, etymology to language like we say yeah. goodbye because it means God be with you I don't have a problem with saying goodbye to people mm. yeah. so I I mean I hate people I like getting away from them I just um, don't <laughs> <to> f- off <laughs> so you've got to draw a line somewhere like it's good that police officers and firefighters are now called police officers and firefighters and mm. not firemen mm. that's good but I think changing godparent to guide parent to me is a little bit like oh why don't we just put a dream catcher on the window and be done with it <laughs> So my dad's a Church of England vicar, so he has baptised both my children, and mm-hmm. we chose really good friends to be godparents. Um, it was very important to us, but also really important to my dad, because mm-hmm. that's a really nice family ceremony mm-hmm. as well. I'm sorry I've just slagged off all the religious things. <laughs> no, it was a really nice setup actually. <laughs> but I, I'm not particularly religious, but I do, I, do, I do like the whole ceremony and the fact that we made something of that relationship. It yes. started off with a party, which is always mm-hmm. a good start to anything, really. Um, but, you know, some some godparents have been more involved with my kids than others. But, you know, we've got one godparent who lives in China, one lives in Australia, all that sort of thing. But we want them to have a significant relationship with yes. them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think kids kids like feeling a bit special. And so if you've got that mm-hmm. sort of like, you're, you're my special dude, Absolutely. you're my special guy. Absolutely. Then, then that's that. And it doesn't matter we, what they're called. We have a day out together. I can never do his actual birthday because it always falls in 2nd of August, so it's during Edinburgh, so yeah, I can never do yeah. it. But we always make sure that we have a special day where just he and I hang out like, yeah. all day. And um, that is immeasurably valuable time for yeah. me. I don't know about him, I hope it makes his life better. But he's <laughs> a kid, he's got a great life. You know, but, but for me, that's like I just come away feeling so connected to another little human being and I feel like oh I'm getting all great I'm getting parenting practice out of this. And I'm also I do feel like I have a role in in his life and I, we all made sort of promises as godparents we said okay this is this is what I'm going to be in charge of we picked a few things so Tiff said she's, I'll teach him she's a very earth mother type and she said I'll teach him to cook the perfect bowl of rice and my stuff get a rice was, cooker <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my, my, mine were things like I'm going to be in charge of flirting I'm going to teach him how to flirt oh. with people I'm going to be in charge of making sure he's never scared to walk up to any stranger and say hi Oh, you know, as, a, as, a, as an adult, in a positive way, I'm going no. to take responsibility for <laughs> making sure yeah. that he has social confidence, and mm. I'm going to be responsible for helping him roll out the magic carpet of his imagination. That was <laughs> <laughs> well. Screw you! <laughs> no, excuse it's me. Really I'm really just... important. I've just had one too many pickled onions. That's lovely. <laughs> no, that's lovely. Yeah, I'm but, sorry uh, to be disparaging. Not, not at really. all. No, no, no. But it's it's, it's a good thing because I. 
I have total confidence in that. Oh, that's lovely. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you, Godfather Chat. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Well, we've almost come to the end of the podcast, but it's time, as always, for the Scummy Mummy Confessions. Except we're doing a sort of special edition for this episode, aren't we, Helen? We are. We're doing a Judge... Studi special. Judge Studi. Judge Studi. Amazing. I have seen it. So basically at the end of our stage show, it's sort of the climax is that we get the audience to write down their scummy parenting confessions and then we read out our favourite ones. So we've been doing the show for a year now, we've done quite a few shows and we've ended up with this amazing shoebox, the shoebox of gold we call mm. it, which is just this huge pile of real life confessions from parents who okay. come to our shows. Yep. So we've, we've hand-picked uh, about five or six uh, confessions from the shoebox of gold that mm-hmm. we'd like to share with you today, Stuart, and we'd like you to tell us which you think is the scummiest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should I kick off, Helen? You kick us off, Helen. Okay. My daughter once had a punami all over a train seat. When I ran out of wipes, I covered it with a newspaper and moved, pretending it was the old man near us. I do wonder what the nature of that pretense was. As if she sort of stood up and loudly went, Sir, how dare you? I love that. I love that. Well, let's put that sort of in the middle. We'll we'll make a little pile here. Yes, Poonami's on the the table. Okay, here we go. Next one. My three-year-old came over to me with a wedge of lemon in his mouth, saying that he liked it. Of course he did. He'd lifted it out of my gin and tonic. <laughs> Fierce. I like it. For me, that is in the leaderboard ahead that's of the okay, that's, that's okay. The okay. GNT is in the lead. <clears throat> I forgot my son's name when a mummy asked, I only have one son. Wow. <laughs> one child and you can't forgot remember one name. name. Oh, I mean, that's, that's kind good, of mum brain, isn't it? I suppose that one is tinged with tragedy. So I'm going to let's know. Pop that down. Yeah. So GNT is in Okay. GNT okay. in the lead. <laughs> My son's prize-winning chocolate cake in the school competition was actually two Tesco value sponges iced with ready-made icing. Oh, come on, everyone does that. (laughs) Every single cake is that. That's disgusting. No, no, man, that's absolutely standard mum behaviour because every single person is desperately trying to make it look handmade and everyone's in on it. So you think that's just, yeah, that's that's not a winner. All right. All right, mine is, my daughter's first word was... Oh, short and sweet. I like that. That one. is good because what? What? I like been... that one actually. Okay. I like it. Now is that is that this that is the scummiest so far? I think it is so far. Okay. Yeah. That's nice in the, the simplicity. Uh, we've got another poo related one, haven't we? We do. My friend ate a raisin left on the floor by her child. Needless to say, this was not a raisin. Oh. Oh wow. I mean. Now, Stuart, have you ever been at someone's house, picked a raisin off the floor, popped it in your gob? And, um... I have more sense than to pick up a raisin from the floor <laughs> in anyone's house where there are children living. There we go. What do you mm. think? Scummy? Not scummy? No, I mean, it's sort of beyond scummy. It's, it's so disgusting it's out of the game. As far as I'm concerned, I, I can't... I've broken I can't, the scum. I can't, yeah, I can't vote for that as the scummiest because that's like... Dude. Plus, I tell you, I tell you what I like about it though is that they said my friend. Yeah, right. That was your friend. Yeah, like, yeah. My, it's not like it happened. It wasn't my friend at my house. That would have been believable. But yeah. my friend was round someone else's house. Bullshit. It was you. Okay. Here's the last one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. My daughter pooed in the potty downstairs. I went upstairs for a bit. When I came down, the dog had helpfully eaten the entire contents and the potty was spotless. Oh, oh. I think that's good housekeeping oh, myself. Oh, my 
God. <laughs> I mean, Stuart's physically ill. He's physically ill. We like, I don't seen... mind a bit of poo and a bit of tidying up poo, but like dogs eating poo. So I'm not a dog person, so I just think that's rank. I think we're breaking Lily. <laughs> oh my God. This might as well, this whole bit should be called Poo Fashions. Um, oh my God, that's disgusting. <laughs> I actually know the writer of that. But one. and yet and yet at the same time it's efficient. <laughs> you mean you can yeah. employ that? Oh. Yeah, that's an ecosystem right there. <laughs> it's very good. Um mm. I, well, it's gotta be that one, hasn't it? I mean that is That's filthy. I but to me the, 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 the way in which it's a scum is nothing to do with the dog. The kid pooed, the mum went, Oh god, I can't cope, I'm leaving it. That is a scum dummy. That's, <laughs> the way. that's bad. Oh my friend. Oh, <laughs> You have so much to learn, young Padawan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, well, so what's it going to... It's between my daughter's first word was and uh, my dog ate my child's <laughs> I'm going first word. I'm going first oh. word. I think it's classier. It doesn't contain any actual In What it is, is it's someone swearing around their child day in, day out. And I approve of that. I think that's fun. <laughs> Fantastic. That's the winner, so thank you. So, oh, well, that was fun. That was I great. Thought, and I mean, it, well, I enjoyed that. I don't know. <laughs> enormously. I love that you're still eating there. You've got maybe how revolting it is, and you're back on the ham. Oh, yeah. That's... It's poo if anyone's interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I think that's the end of the podcast. Oh, very isn't it? sadly. What a lovely time we've had. Thank mm. you, Stuart, for joining us. Thank you, you very much. Thank you so much. And I think we've proved once and for all that no one judges parents like, like people, people who with... don't have. <laughs> Please leave that in. That's the best catchphrase ever. Nice to nice to see. Oh, oh God. <laughs> okay. Well, no one judges parents like, like people without, without kids. kids, and vice versa. Yes, <laughs> a fair point. That's a fair, fair point. I think oh. it's been a nice mutual judging of each other. Yeah. So thank you. Now, where can people find your podcast? And um, they can find the podcast. On, it's called the Comedians Comedian Podcast, mm-hmm. and they can find it on iTunes or SoundCloud. Or the easy way to find it is just going to comedianscomedian.com mm. uh, and you can also uh, look at stuartgoldsmith.co.uk, which is my own uh, website. And on yeah. there, there are details on the website. If you'd like to hear, a, if you'd like to download a free album of my greatest hits from the last five years or so, um, you can do that at uh, stuartgoldsmith.co.uk forward slash album. But we've got through the podcast without me singing the new jingle. Oh, I'm so sorry. Please, okay, ready? Be because we've got a podcast meaning a podcast. I thought I'd sing a song. Go for ready? it. Pod on pod with Stuart and Ellie. Pod on pod, she's got a big belly. Pod on pod with Stuart and Helen. Pod on pod, those jokes they'll be telling. Pod. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. She sang it to me in the kitchen earlier and, and, and she said, Don't I do tell it. You, I'll tell you what I, I said. I'll do it if you want. This is, this is top secret back backstory pod information uh, yeah. behind behind the Podmaster's cloth. Yeah. Um I really it's not a jingle on the show, but I regularly, whenever I'm doing what I call podmin, um, whenever I uh whenever I'm doing that, I sing to my I find myself I catch myself singing to myself, Pod life, it's the only pod I know. <laughs> and then no, it goes, Pod life. Pod, 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 pod. <laughs> oh, I like it because it's pathetic. That's funny because I sing. Pod life. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. We're on the Facebook. We're at Scummy Mummies on Twitter. Look it up on scummymummies.com. All yes. information about us is there. So thanks again, Stuart. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Charles. See ya. Love you. Bye. It's time now for the next section of the podcast. We've got a theme song for this. Yeah.
Name that tune. Mm, I feel like I know it. Oh, hang on, that's the wrong song. It's the wrong song. <laughs> <laughs> <Really, that's laughs> yeah. um, yeah. go, Helen? The Godfather scene tune. Oh, you're oh, yeah. it now. No, <laughs> you can edit this bit out, dickhead. <laughs> right. You do the theme tune. Okay, now this... Okay. Oh, I've, I've forgotten it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. okay. All right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, you do it. No, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.